0: Hello, Knowledge Seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we're diving into Nonviolent Communication, a compelling piece by Marshall B. Rosenberg, PhD. This enlightening guide introduces us to the tenets of nonviolent communication, NVC, advocating a compassionate way of interacting, not only with others, but also with ourselves. It provides invaluable insights on consciously modifying our language and thought processes in order to foster superior quality relationships. Penned by the founder of the Center for Nonviolent Communication, an international organization dedicated to peacemaking, Marshall B. Rosenberg has an established reputation for encouraging peace through understanding. With an illustrious career that spans across 15 published books, Rosenberg's work has found global acclaim, most notably with Nonviolent Communication, a Language of Life, selling over a million copies. Whether you're seeking to enrich your relationships with family, friends and co-workers, or are a newcomer in a city aiming to build healthy relationships, nonviolent communication offers a wealth of knowledge. Tune in as we unpack the wisdom of Rosenberg's teachings in this episode of 20 Minute Books. Nonviolent communication, a language of life. Introduction. Embark on a journey to the heart of compassionate communication. Imagine this you're engaged in daily conversations with people from all walks of life, family members, workmates, and others. All too often, though, these interactions take a sour turn, ending in senseless disputes that leave you feeling unheard and defeated. Sounds familiar? Well, it doesn't have to be that way. Let's explore together the powerful principles of nonviolent communication, a tool designed to enhance your dialogues and improve your relationships, making every conversation a constructive and harmonious exchange. In this journey, you'll discover how to react appropriately when confronted with statements such as, You're the most self centered person I've ever encountered. The importance of differentiating between your observations and your evaluations and the art of dealing with situations like a partner consistently leaving dirty laundry lying around, without descending into the blame game. Part One, Step Aside, Alienating Communication, Embrace a Compassion-Fueled Dialogue. Picture this. Communication is the sturdy framework of our daily interactions, the bedrock of a well-functioning society. Yet, we often find ourselves resorting to a language that stifles dialogue, erecting barriers that not only damage our relationships, but also inflict harm on ourselves and those around us. Such harmful talk, often referred to as alienating communication, disconnects us from our inherent compassion. For instance, labeling a friend as selfish for taking the last piece of cake breeds defensiveness instead of understanding. A simple inquiry into their motivations, though, could pave the way for a peaceful resolution. Interestingly enough, our words can do more than just sour relationships, they can fuel violence too. A study by O.J. Harvey, a psychology professor at the University of Colorado, found a correlation between a culture's tendency for judgmental language and the frequency of violent incidents. Countries whose literature featured a higher number of judgmental words, such as good and bad, showed a higher incidence of violence. Harvey concluded that societies that tend to label people as good or bad are more likely to believe that bad individuals deserve punishment, thereby fostering a culture of violence. But this alienating communication extends beyond simple binary judgments. It often veers into moralistic judgments. These are instances when we label or criticize someone for behaving differently from our value system, branding their actions as wrong. Take, for instance, a daughter intending to move out of her parents' home. Fearful for her safety, her parents might impulsively label her as selfish. Instead of resorting to such judgment, they could approach the situation with empathy, striving to understand their daughter's needs and voicing their own in a compassionate manner. They may realize that their real concern isn't her safety, but the impending loneliness of her absence. By adopting a language of compassion, they can bridge their differences, fostering mutual understanding rather than pushing each other away. And trust me, this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's a whole new world of compassionate communication waiting for you to discover. Part 2. Discover Nonviolent Communication Your key to compassionate conversations Are you grappling with expressing negative emotions? You're not alone. Most of us stumble when it comes to voicing our emotions, especially the challenging ones. But here's the good news. There's a method that can help us navigate these conversational waters more smoothly. It's called Nonviolent Communication, NVC. Inspired by Mahatma Gandhi, the trailblazer of the Indian independence movement, NVC captures the essence of the human heart, naturally free of violence and brimming with compassion. It sees language as the catalyst shaping our relationships with ourselves and others. The strength of NVC lies in its ability to guide us to express our feelings with clarity. It prompts us to observe situations objectively, identify our needs, and ultimately communicate in a manner that builds bridges, not walls. Let's paint a picture. You have a son, Jim, who has a habit of leaving his toys scattered across the living room. After the umpteenth time of tripping over his toys, your patience is wearing thin. But before you let out a frustrated yell, take a moment to observe the situation calmly. Next, tune into your emotions. Do you feel worried for Jim's safety, or are you irritated with the repetition? After some introspection, you might realize that the toys piling up stoke your frustration and annoyance. Dig deeper. And identify the needs stemming from these feelings. Perhaps you crave a clean and organized household. Before you express your thoughts to Jim, consider how to communicate your need without making him feel attacked or blamed. Frame your feelings into a clear, honest, and empathetic request Jim, when I see your toys spread across the living room, it frustrates me because I need our shared spaces to be tidy. Would you mind tidying up your toys and keeping them in your room once you're done playing? but this is only scratching the surface of the NVC approach. Let's delve deeper, starting with the art of observation. Part 3. Sharpen your observational skills by keeping evaluations at bay. At this point, we've explored how effective communication hinges on our ability to keenly observe. Now, let's dive deeper into honing this critical skill. First, Train your focus on the present moment. Engage with the situation at hand wholeheartedly, paying attention to every word, every detail. Ask yourself, how does this situation impact my well-being? Involve your senses, touch, sight, and sound to deeply connect with the unfolding scenario. Steer clear of generalizing in your discussions. By relating your observations to specific instances, you can prevent blanket statements like you always. For instance, if your partner once again forgets to pick up the dog food, draw their attention to this particular instance instead of resorting to a sweeping statement. But here's a crucial thing to keep in mind. Always keep observation separate from evaluation. This idea stems from the teachings of J. Krishnamurti, an Indian philosopher who held that observation, untainted by evaluation, is the highest form of human intelligence. This separation can be a tough task, as we often find ourselves blurring the lines between mere observation and criticism or judgment. Consider this. My boss is always late, is an evaluation, while my boss hasn't arrived before 8.30am is a factual observation. Similarly, you rarely take my advice is a judgment. A more neutral observation would be, You didn't accept my advice the previous three times I offered it. Both these observations are specific, reducing the chance of misinterpretation. They are also devoid of criticism, lessening the likelihood of the listener becoming defensive. Finally, beware of labels. They can distort your perception of a person or a situation, clouding your judgment. If you approach a discussion with the preconceived notion that the other person is liberal or conservative, you're already making assumptions about their viewpoints. So, shed those labels, and you'll find your observational prowess strengthening. Part 4. Master the art of conveying your feelings authentically. Clear observation forms the cornerstone of NVC, setting the stage for effective communication. But, to truly unlock the potential of NVC, we need to articulate our feelings fully and accurately. Sounds straightforward right? But this task can be tricky. We aren't often asked to delve deep into our emotional world, let alone voice our emotions precisely. Yet, being explicit about our feelings is crucial. The English language itself can sometimes add layers of ambiguity to our expressions. Take the verb feel, for instance. We use it all the time, but it often doesn't communicate our emotions accurately. Phrases like, I feel a bit down, are vague, leaving the listener guessing about your true emotional state. Instead, strive for clarity, use precise adjectives to describe your feelings, and let the listener know why you feel a certain way. Are you feeling dejected, remorseful, or backstabbed? The key is to expand your emotional vocabulary. The wider your range of words, the more nuanced your expression of feelings becomes. Now, this issue of vagueness doesn't stop at verbs. It extends to pronouns as well. I feel like everybody is ignoring me is a classic example. It's imprecise and leaves the listener without a clear understanding of your situation. To clear this fog, be explicit about who and what you're referring to. Yesterday morning, when I sought my sister's advice and she didn't respond, I felt ignored. This afternoon, my boss didn't respond to me either, making me feel unappreciated. Narrate the situation and express how you felt as it unfolded. Embracing your vulnerability is another crucial element in authentically conveying your feelings. Suppressing our feelings can cause tension to build among our colleagues, friends, and family. Some professions even discourage showing vulnerability, viewing it as a sign of weakness. This is common in professions such as law, engineering, and the military. Rather than bottling up your emotions, use the NVC approach to build bridges of understanding. Observe, identify your feelings and needs, and make clear, compassionate requests. This will bring you closer to mastering the art of expressing your feelings. Part 5. Own your feelings. Take responsibility for them. Now that you're more attuned to NVC and your own emotional landscape, it's time to level up your emotional response game. The key? Taking ownership of your feelings. Engaging with others often brings up a myriad of emotions. But remember, another person's actions might trigger our feelings, but they don't cause them. Our reactions shape our emotions in response to what others say or do. Imagine someone tells you, you're the most selfish person I've ever met there's a high chance that your immediate reaction will be negative. But consider these four potential ways of responding to such a statement. Firstly, you might internalize their words and think, it's all my fault. By blaming yourself, you sidestep the actual issue at hand and don't address the other person's grievance. This often leads to feelings of guilt, despondency, or even depression. Secondly, you might go into defense mode or become enraged. Your retort might be, that's a complete lie, I always consider your needs. This reaction simply passes the blame onto the speaker, again dodging the real issue. A healthier response could be expressing your own feelings. I feel hurt when you call me selfish because I have been making efforts to address your needs. By verbalizing your feelings, you shed light on your emotional state and get to the heart of the conflict. Ideally, the best response is to observe and recognize the speaker's feelings and needs. Consider asking, Are you calling me selfish because of something specific I did? How can I be more considerate towards your needs? This response acknowledges the speaker's feelings and invites a solution-oriented discussion, ensuring that everyone's needs are addressed. Part 6. Decipher the needs hidden behind your feelings. Now that we've established how to navigate our reactions and feelings, it's time to tackle an equally formidable challenge, identifying our needs. This task often trips us up simply because we're not accustomed to it. Instead, we frequently fall into a familiar trap, playing the blame game. The blame game is a vicious circle. We neglect to articulate our needs, then fault others for not meeting those unvoiced expectations. Picture this scenario. You chide your partner for leaving a trail of unwashed dishes in their wake because it doesn't align with your need for orderliness. But if you haven't expressed this need, your criticism can make them feel guilty and defensive. The path to resolving this issue begins with stating our needs explicitly. Unfortunately, many of us find it challenging or even intimidating to reveal our true emotions. Women in particular often sidestep their own needs in favor of caring for others due to societal conditioning. However, we can all learn to be more forthright. If you yearn for others to understand you and respond to your needs, you need to convey those needs clearly. The more transparent you are about your needs, the more others can respond compassionately. So if your partner consistently leaves dirty dishes around, express how this makes you feel and propose a solution that works for both of you. After a long day of work, seeing dirty dishes in the kitchen stresses me out. Can we ensure they're washed before I get home? Or perhaps we could set up a schedule to share this responsibility? When we don't communicate our needs up front, we invite unnecessary frustration and pain into our lives. Therefore, paying attention to your own needs at the earliest is crucial. Up next, we'll delve deeper into this. How can we sincerely express our needs once we've pinpointed them? Part 7. Articulate your desires to others to fulfill your own needs. By now, we've covered three key components of nonviolent communication observations, feelings, and needs. But there's still one more stage to this NVC journey requests. So, how can we phrase our requests so that others are more likely to respond with empathy? To elicit a positive response, requests should be clear and precise about what you want. The clearer you are about what you desire from others, the more likely you are to receive it. This involves phrasing requests using positive language. Positive language refers to asking for a specific action, while negative language is asking someone to stop doing something. The latter can sometimes be unclear, potentially leading to confusion or misinterpretation. Consider the case of a husband exasperated by his wife's constant late nights at work. Frustrated, he tells her, You're spending too much time at work. She interpreted this negatively, and, wanting to resolve the problem, she decided to take a kayaking trip to reduce her work hours the following week. But the husband wasn't requesting her to spend less time at work. He wanted her to be home more, spending time with him. A more effective request would have been, Could you spend at least one evening a week at home with the kids and me? Additionally, requests should be concrete actions that others can feasibly execute. For instance, an employer seeking feedback from his employees might tell them, I'd like you to feel free to share your thoughts with me. While this implies he wants them to speak freely, it doesn't specify how they might go about doing that. To promote open communication, he could use positive action language, saying, can you let me know what I could do to create an environment where you feel free to share your thoughts with me? This clearly communicates his request, making it easier for his employees to meet his needs. Part 8. Apply NVC to Curb Harsh Self-Criticism We've established how NVC can enhance our relationships with others. But its power extends beyond that. It can help us foster a healthier relationship with ourselves. The journey to self compassion begins with recognizing when we're being harsh to ourselves. Judgmental self talk, an inner voice that berates us for even minor missteps, is a significant sign that we lack self compassion. Phrases such as, I'm such a failure, not again, or, How could I be so stupid, might sound all too familiar. Rather than getting ensnared in this vicious cycle of self-deprecation, strive to comprehend and pinpoint the unmet needs driving your self-criticism. Essentially, self-judgments, like all judgments, are manifestations of unfulfilled needs. So when judgmental self-talk creeps in, switch your focus from the critique to identifying your unmet needs. For instance, say you're due to deliver a lecture and In your hurry to grab a quick bite before your talk, you accidentally spill your strawberry yogurt. That critical inner voice begins to chime in. Why am I always messing up? Instead of succumbing to this negativity, take a moment to ask yourself, what unmet need is this self-criticism revealing? This introspection might take time, but eventually, you may realize that in your haste to provide a stellar lecture, a service to others, you neglected your need for self-care. You didn't allot sufficient time to eat, resorted to grabbing a yogurt, and then ended up spilling it, replacing the self-criticism with a compassionate statement such as, it's okay, next time I'll ensure I give myself enough time, can significantly alter your perception of the situation. If you manage to genuinely connect with your unmet needs, you grant yourself the chance to mourn your imperfections. Yes, There might be a pang of regret that you cannot fulfill your idealized self-image, but at least you'll cease self-loathing for failing to achieve it. Part 9. Through empathetic listening, you can discern others' feelings, needs, and requests. So far, we've delved into the four essential components of NVC pertinent to clear self-expression. Now, let's explore how we can apply these principles to enhance our listening abilities. First and foremost, empathetic listening is crucial if we truly aim to understand others. This implies cultivating an environment where individuals feel comfortable expressing their emotions in their entirety, and where we strive to empathize with their feelings. However, many people falter here, often opting to provide advice, solutions, or assurance. In attempting to resolve another person's issues, we often fail to genuinely listen to their emotions. The best approach is to attentively listen and pose questions about their emotions, needs and requests. Their needs might range from seeking advice to simply needing a comforting embrace, or sometimes they might not even be aware of their needs themselves. This is where reflective listening and paraphrasing play a crucial role. What people express as their needs sometimes diverges from what they actually require. By reflecting and paraphrasing their sentiments, you can help them clarify their thoughts and feelings. Consider this scenario. Your boss criticizes you, saying, you're not a good communicator. This perplexes you, since she has never mentioned this issue before. To gain clarity, you mirror her statement, saying, I'm not a good communicator. This prompts her to elaborate. Yes, we missed a delivery yesterday because no one knew about it. To confirm your understanding, you paraphrase her words, So, we missed a delivery because the team was unaware of it. This validates your comprehension and allows her to correct any misunderstanding. She affirms your interpretation and adds, Yes, we need to revise the system to ensure everyone is updated about imminent deliveries. Your application of NVC has enabled her to realize that the problem lies in the system, not in you. Part 10. NVC serves as an impactful mechanism for resolving conflicts. Inevitably, we all face conflicts in our daily life. Fortunately, the principles of NVC can be leveraged as powerful tools to help navigate and resolve these conflicts. So, the next time tension escalates, remember these steps. The initial step involves establishing a genuine human connection. This connection serves as the base from which the parties involved can empathize with each other's feelings and needs. The subsequent step is to ensure that this intent to connect is authentic and sincere. It should be apparent from the outset that the aim is not manipulation, but to create a conducive environment for each party to express their needs. This can be accomplished by observing and identifying the feelings, linking them to the needs of both parties and generating concrete and feasible requests. The focus then shifts to exploring these requests with an aim to achieve satisfaction, not merely compromise. Satisfaction signifies the fulfillment of needs for both parties, whereas compromise often involves sacrificing some needs, resulting in incomplete satisfaction. For instance, consider a disagreement between a couple regarding walking their dog. One partner asserts, you never walk the dog, to which the other retorts, I always walk the dog. After identifying and analyzing their feelings, they realize that the task of walking the dog conflicts with both their schedules. One partner articulates, I need you to walk the dog in the mornings because it often causes me to miss my train. The other partner responds, that works for me, but it only seems fair that you walk the dog on weekends when I play golf they consent to these requests leading to a resolution that satisfies both partners. Final summary. The central theme of this book. Non-violent communication is a structured approach aimed at mitigating conflict, both within ourselves and in our interactions with others. By infusing compassion into every word we utter and attentively listening to everyone's needs, our own included, we can steadily contribute to the enhancement of the world around us.